I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. You know who else didn't go to business school? LeBron James, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. They went right from high school to the NBA. So it's not the same thing at all. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead and joining me today, three of you, three listeners, three Locked On Mavs listeners, Raccoon Squad members, card-carrying Raccoon Squad members. We're going to be playing a game today. I got three office quotes for each of the games the Mavericks have played so far in the bubble, and the listeners are going to try and guess who said the quote and then which one best defines each game that the Mavericks played. So that should be pretty fun. We'll uh, we'll check in on that. But before we get to that, a couple of newsy things. I just wanted to talk a little bit. Um, so Dallas Mavericks play the Clippers tonight. If you're listening to this on Thursday, 530 Central Time. It's on TNT. It's also listed on Fox Sports Southwest as well. So you can check that out. But there'll be uh, probably play on that as well. Uh, Seth Curry is listed as doubtful as of the injury report the last of the day on Wednesday. So by the time you're listening to this, you may know a little bit more than us about that. But for now, it seems like Seth Curry might not play again. Doubtful again doesn't necessarily mean out, but it's the closest thing to it. So that's what we have for that. Uh, As always, we're going to have post-game pods right after the Clippers game. And uh, so we'll have that for you ready in your pod feed for the next day. And then the Mavericks don't play again until Saturday. They play the Bucks. So Clippers, Bucks coming up this next two games. These are pretty big games for the Mavericks. Hopefully they get up for them. Hopefully the Clippers and the Bucks get up for them and we see what this Mavericks team's actually made of. Hopefully they just play some defense. <laughs> that's, that's what I would hope. Uh, so, all right, let's get into our game. Let's introduce some of our listeners here. So this is the first one with a listener. Let's get right into it. All right, and our first guest, listener of the pod, Chris Winerdy. Chris, what you got for me? What's up, man? I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for letting me on. Absolutely. All right, let's explain how this game works for everybody. So we are going to, I'm going to read three quotes from the office. I'm going to have Chris and and the other two listeners guess who was the originator of this quote, who said this quote. And then we're going to pick which one of these three quotes best defines a Mavericks game. So this first one, we're going to do the Rockets game. We're going to take you all the way back to the first bubble game. We're then going to do the Suns game and the Kings game with two other listeners. So this first one is the Rockets game. Chris, here we go. I'm going to read the quote. Then I'll ask you who originated it. Then we'll go through all of them and pick out which one. All right. All right. Already. All right. First one. Life is short. Drive fast and leave a sexy corpse. That's one of my mottos. Who said this quote? Oh, man. This is later in oh, the office. Man, this is some, some people stop watching the office during, some, during this season. Man, They're, my rewatches are season one, season seven when Michael leaves. All right, let yeah, me get Right, so Andy this is Bernard? after season seven for sure. Life is short, drive Andy fast, Bernard. and leave a sexy corpse. Wait, Robert California. That's a good guess. Robert California has some wild quotes. I love my favorite quote from him is he's talking to Andy and he's like, I'm the effing lizard king. That's my, <laughs> yeah, you don't even know my you don't even know my real name. I'm the lizard king. That's my favorite quote. Uh, this is Stanley Hudson when they're in Florida for the Saber store uh, launch. He's talking to, to Jim and he's like, he's like, this is one of my right. mottos or he's Florida. Stanley was great. That was a great storyline. <laughs> All right. Number yeah. two. Would I rather be feared or loved? Easy. 
both. I want to be. Pe- I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Thank you for the low ball. Thanks for the easy one. That's Michael Scott. <laughs> Absolutely, that one's easy. That, yeah, that one's Michael Scott. Classic quote. And the third one. This is this is another one from that same season we just talked about. PowerPoints okay. are the peacocks of the business world. All show, no meat. <laughs> oh man, I don't, think, I don't think I could guess this one, but I found it and I thought it was fitting for this. That is, is that, um, uh, is that, who's the, uh, Ginger from those late No, Nelly, it's not Nelly. No, it's, it's not, not Nelly. Nelly. Okay. No, that was a good guess though. No, this, this is Dwight Schrute. He says this, uh, you know, when they're doing the Saber store yeah, too. Uh, so two of them were later seasons that people don't watch as much, but I thought that those were very good quotes that fit this game. <laughs> so here are the three quotes. Life no. is short, drive fast, leave a sexy corpse. That's one of my mottos. Then there's. Mm-hmm. Would I rather be feared or loved? Easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. And then the third right. one is PowerPoints are the peacocks of the business world. All show, no meat. Which one of these three <laughs> quotes do you think best describes this Mavericks 149 to 153 loss in overtime to the Rockets? Man, it's got to be, I think it's the PowerPoint one. All show, no meat. <laughs> It I mean, felt like that, right? Well, little, why do you say that? Yeah, it might be a little too literal, but it's still really good, really accurate. <laughs> why do you think that describes this this game? Oh, man. I mean, that whole game, I was just – I felt good, and then I always had that creeping feeling in the back, this is going to be another situation where, I mean, we're going to make the wrong decisions down the stretch. We're a young team. It's totally understandable when that happens, but Luca. He, I feel like he starts thinking about his decisions more and more in the fourth quarter. He starts thinking, and usually he's just going with the flow and a lot of those other complementary pieces. I feel like they're, they're unsure, even though they've been playing so well the previous three quarters, even three and a half quarters. So I think because this PowerPoint show, I mean, there's a lot of graphs, there's a lot of charts, there's a lot of visualizations for them to throw at us and like pretty plays for us to see. But at the end of the day, we're not, we're not getting the win, so we're not learning a whole lot about how great this team could be. Yeah, I thought this quote was so fitting. Uh, I don't even, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't even think I would have guessed who said this quote. But all show, no meat was just, that's this game, right? I mean, 153 to 149. How do you score 149 points and lose a game? I mean, that's just <laughs> an incredible game. Uh, Luca did not play his best best game he scored 28 points at 13 points and 10 assists which is hilarious that that sentence i just said um but porzingis had 39 points 16 boards tim hardaway jr scored 24 points in this game and then this was the game where trey burke had 31 points off the bench i mean they had all the elements they needed they just couldn't get a stop and that's where the meat is to me that's you know being able to get a stop and we finally saw it in the king's game which we'll talk about with another listener in a couple segments but i thought that that was super fitting um were you just super upset after this game or how did you feel after this this Rockets game? Um, I think I was upset. I have a lot of family in Houston. I think the first text I got was a, there's an image of PJ Tucker says you just lost to PJ Tucker at center. So I think that's <laughs> when I got really upset. Does that person but just have that, that saved to their phone, or did they send it to you every time? Yeah, he was ready. He was. He had it ready. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I mean, the whole game was was really fun to watch so i wasn't super upset the covington tip definitely was upsetting but 
every, I mean, I was enjoying the game. So really until that text, I was fine. So you are a little bit, uh, you have some connection to this. Do you think that there's still like a Mavericks Rockets rivalry or is it just because they're in the division or do you think that there's anything between them? Cause it feels like the Rockets team is feels like they're above the Mavericks, but it still feels right. like there's sort of a rivalry between the Mavs fans and Rockets fans. What do you think about that? Yeah, the, uh, the Rockets are definitely more talented right now, especially the past few years since they got hard, and they're definitely more talented. But the past 15, 20 years, as long as I've been watching Mavs basketball, we've always been the superior team, I feel. Those T-Mac, Yao Ming eras, I, I mean, they went to seven games, one, one series. But we were always a lot better than them. I always was afraid of the Spurs and the Suns. Those were my two biggest mm. rivals growing up. The Suns aren't, that, you know, aren't big right now. But when I think of a Mavs rival, I think number one, I think of Spurs, and number two, I think of Suns. And I think a lot of Mavericks fans are going to disagree with that. Maybe I just have a bias against Houston in general. <laughs> you don't even want to give them credit. But yeah, but recently the the rivalry has definitely been picking up for the Rockets, and I and I feel that rivalry. I'm getting more intense as the years go by, but it isn't a historic rivalry. I would say. Yeah. There has to be some kind of mutual respect and it doesn't feel like right now the Rockets respect the Mavericks as much. They should, but it doesn't feel like it feels like from that, that side of it, they're not really. So there you go, Chris, thanks for being the first one to do this. And uh, I think it went well, so we will probably do this again. So thanks. Thanks so much, man. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me, man. Coming up, we'll hear from a couple more listeners. We'll talk more about the Mavericks games they've played already. But before we do, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host uh, Nyla Boudou has a team of award-winning journalists that will bring you the latest analysis and insights into the trends that shape our world. Subscribe wherever you get your pods. And also... With the increasing number of makes and models, different types of cars, as the years go up, more cars have been made. There's just so many cars out there. It's impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. It's just impossible. You go there, you're looking for one specific part at a store, you find maybe one or two options, but at rockauto.com, they have all the options for you. All the parts your car will ever need. That's what that's their slogan, and that's exactly what they are. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your car, whether it's for your classic daily driver or to get everything you need just in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to touch a bunch of stuff. You don't have to come into contact with other people. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask to go on rockauto.com. That should make you want to go just in general. Rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Go to rockauto.com right now to see the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you again. Right in locked on in their how did you hear about us box at checkout. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto.com all right mffls if you are not subscribed to this podcast please subscribe wherever you get your podcast we're on all the platforms so subscribe to that and let's hear from our second listener to talk about the phoenix suns game all right now longtime listener part of the raccoon squad andrew cause andrew what you got for me how's it going guys this is andrew uh glad to be here nick thanks for inviting me Absolutely. All right. So we know how this works. I have three office quotes. You're going to pick which one best describes the Phoenix Suns game. We're going to do the Phoenix Suns game now. Uh, Let's just get into it. First one. There are five stages to grief, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And right now out there, they're all denying the fact that they're sad and that's hard and it's making them all angry. And it's my job to get them all the way through to acceptance. And if not acceptance, then just depression. If I can get them depressed, then I'll have done my job. 
Andrew, who said this quote? Oh, man, I think that was Michael, wasn't it? It was Michael Scott. Do you remember the episode or what was happening or why he said this? I do not know. That's uh, not a familiar one, but I definitely remember it was Michael. Yeah, this is from the grief counseling episode where he's talking where Ed Truck has died and everyone is not as sad as Michael because Michael's uh, you know, attributing his own death <laughs> to Ed Trucks and how they're responding. Yeah, uh, this is where they have the funeral for the bird and things like that. So that's the there first. You go. Yeah, that's the first one. The second one. Fool me once. Strike one. Fool me twice. Strike three. Who said this quote? I think that's Dwight, isn't it? This one's Michael Scott again. Two Michael Scott quotes okay. here. Uh, this one, do you remember what, what quote this is from? Is that something to do with Jan? It was in the traveling like relationship. Sal- it's a traveling salesman episode. This is where Dwight betrayed him and he found out that he went to New York and that's why he was late and he lied about why he was late. <laughs> he that's in. right. Yep. <laughs> where he comes in. Uh, and Andy's trying to like, you know, basically Benedict Arnold him. Uh, all right. Last one. My roommate wants to meet everybody because I'm pretty sure he thinks I'm making Dwight up. He is very real. <laughs> Who said this quote? That's going to be uh, Jim. This is Jim. And do you remember where it's from? It's early. It's early in the office. Yeah, I think that was when he had that house party um, and he was talking about um, his roommate, like having to explain you know, that Dwight was real and he wasn't made up. Yeah, yeah. This is that Jim's barbecue that Michael wasn't invited to. That was super early uh, in that. So we have three quotes now. Remember the Suns game? The Mavericks lost 115 to 117. Another clutch loss. They you know, blew it in the end. So which one of these quotes do you think best defines that game? We have the, if I can get them depressed, I'll have done my job. Fool me once, strike one. Fool me once, strike Strike three, uh, and then uh, my roommate pretty pretty think pretty much thinks I'm making Dwight up. He is very real. Which one of these quotes do you think best attributes or describes the Suns game? I feel like it's the second one, um, just because even though we didn't you know lose it in that overtime game like we did you know with the Rockets game, um, I feel like especially since we were up I think like 13 at the half, and then that third quarter, which is you know typical for the third quarter Mavs that we know about, I think they outscored us for like 17. So I feel like. You know, we get so excited about these, you know, halftime leads and the, you know, we just got to remember that, you know, it's not always going to work out that way. So I think the middle one's probably the best one, in my opinion. Yeah. Fool me once, strike one. Fool me twice, strike three. I, just, I love that Michael <laughs> quote. It's so great. And it definitely describes the Suns game, right? I mean, the second second game in the bubble and they lose the first one. It was a heartbreaker. It was down to the stretch. At least they were sort of in it. And then this one, they just completely, like you said, a 17-point disadvantage in the third quarter. The third quarter Mavs came out. And it just happened again that the Mavericks had this huge lead at halftime and completely gave it all up. Uh, Andrew, do you have any thoughts on the Mavericks' third quarter woes or anything, uh, you know, feelings maybe? Or just like, what do you think the Mavs should do better maybe in the third quarter? Yeah, I don't I don't know any you know particular trends or anything. It just seems like that they're either just gassed or they just let off the gas, you know, they feel comfortable with the halftime lead and they just don't have the same aggressiveness. Um, it's, it's obviously frustrating. So I think that's the main feeling is just, you know, kind of feeling like they should be doing better with that. Um, you know, obviously no clear answer. Um, obviously people a lot smarter than me are running that organization, but uh, just definitely a, a frustrating feeling. Yeah. It's, it's so strange to have, you know, coaches revered as Carlisle, and but the, the team is still young, so it's two. There's two sides of the coin, right? There's there's Carlisle, who's a revered coach. He's won a title. He's he's you know coached really good teams, 
and really well executing teams too. And then there's the other side of it where this team is bad in third quarter. So after halftime, after the adjustments are made, right. And then they're also bad in the clutch. And so it's like, okay, uh, is the, is it just because it's a young team? They're bad in these two situations, which are kind of normal for teams to come back and, uh, you know, veteran teams come out of, of halftime and they kind of take over and they change what they need to change. And then in the clutch veteran teams also take over. We're seeing that with, you know, the thunder right now, uh, man, we, we, eyes going to keep going back to, they need somebody, some kind of veteran to, you know, to step mm-hmm. up and to be part of this rotation, someone that's been there. And so that, to me, that's the third quarter, you know, clutch. I think they're both sort of connected those two situations. And it's just with, you know, experience and age and man, it's a uh, man, this game, I totally forgot that Luca scored 40 points. It just, you know, you, you kind of forget <laughs> how good Luca is that he can just have a 48 and 11 night and that he can, uh, you know, we just forget about it the next day because of the loss. Were you upset about this loss? Like, how upset were you? Yeah, I think I was uh, a little upset in the moment, but then obviously seeing what, you know, Booker and the Suns did, you know, the other night against the Clippers made it feel a little bit better just because <laughs> right, they're, you know, right hot and they're doing so great. Uh, but it's definitely frustrating because, I mean, when you, you look at the schedule, and I know it's, you know, not the best thing to, you know, make automatic wins when you're looking at the schedule, but this was one of those ones that was easily there. And if we're wanting to move up to six, which I know we're, you know, a couple games back on OKC right now on it. These are the types of games that you can't let drop, especially if you're right there at the end. Um, it, it's definitely frustrating, but I felt a little bit better um, after seeing what Booker did last night against, um, you know, Kawhi and uh, PG and all them. Yeah, so I watched that game this morning, and they—I mean—they really took it to the the Clippers, and it just kind of seems—I don't know—the Clippers are this team that they they try or they don't try. I'm not really sure exactly what the Clippers are trying to do in the bubble, but you did get a little bit of solace over the fact that the Suns beat the Clippers. Then the next day, you you kind of yeah. give the Mavericks a little bit more credit, or at least give the Suns a little bit more credit than uh, you yeah. know that we did that night, at least. <laughs> absolutely absolutely all right there you go so we picked the quote for the sun's game it's fool me once strike one fool me twice strike three michael scott quote andrew thanks so much for joining us appreciate the invite nick all right coming up our final listener to talk about the most recent game the sacramento kings all right, MFFLs, like I said earlier, you should listen to our podcast after every single game. We'll have a post game after the Clippers game, and then also on the weekend after the Bucks game. We're getting extra locked on maps this week. So make sure you check in on us. Now let's hear from our final listener to talk about the Sacramento Kings game. All right, and now, long time locked on maps listener, longer time locked on maps listener than even myself because he listened with Mike and Jake. Uh, Billy Sierra. Billy, what you got for me? What's up? What up? What up? welcome on we're continuing our game we're playing pick an office quote that best defines a mavericks game so here's the quotes billy we're going through the sacramento kings game we've done the other ones now this is sacramento kings game game that the mavericks won i don't think i need to remind you guys much about this game but they won 114 to 110 in overtime really just messed up game (laughs) mavericks were did not look good the entire game but billy let's go through each of the three quotes and then we'll pick which one we think uh, defines this Mavericks game the best. So these are all quotes from the office. The first one. Oh my God. Scranton is not closed. Stanford is closed. We did it. We did it. We did it. How do we do it? <laughs> do you remember this quote and where it's from? Yes. It was the, uh, the episode where um, Josh, the Stanford manager, got a position with Staples and then they closed Stanford instead. Absolutely. So there's that one. That's number one. Okay. Number two. You know what they say about a car wreck where it's so awful that you can't look away? The Dundies are like a car wreck, and you want to look away, but you have to stare at it because your boss is making you. 
Okay, who first of all, who said this quote? Uh, I think this was Pam. Yes. This is the I think this is the first Dundee's one. The first Dundee's episode. Where they're in the chilies. That's what I think. I didn't look this one up, but that's number two. So it's car wreck you can't look away from. And then number three. Look, I know the reason you guys became accountants is because you're not good at interacting with people. But guess what? From now on, you guys are no longer losers. So give yourself a round of applause. Who said this quote? I think this is Kelly. This is Kelly. Remember when they had the uh, the cartoons doing it on the, the paper? <laughs> and they had to, they <laughs> yeah, had to get all the accountants to be customer service. So that, that those was, are the three uh, quotes. Yeah, Creed. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When Creed got that person fired, then when it should have been Creed's fault. <laughs> All right, so here are the three quotes. We have, you know, we did it. How did we do it? When Michael is like, how did we, we did it, but how did we do it? And then we have the Dundies is like a car wreck you can't look away from. And then I know you guys are not good at interacting with people, but guess what? From now on, you guys are no longer losers because the Mavs are no longer losers. Billy, which one of these three quotes do you think best defines this Mavericks versus Kings game? I think it's the first one. Do you think so the, we, we the oh my it. god, Scranton is not closed, oh, Stanford is uh, closed, we did it, how do we do it? Yes, yes, correct, sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, why do you think that one is the best one that describes this game? Because, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting around wondering how we won, and we think, you know, who who did it? Oh, it's Luca. Uh, that's the reason why we won. But really, it's the other side failure that allowed us to win. It It, it wasn't it wasn't anything miraculously that we pulled off. It was the King's blunder. It was the Kings took Bagley over Luca. So it's, <laughs> yeah, we're going so, real deep so with it. Yeah. So, so basically Vlade is, is kind of you know, the, you know, the, he's the Josh um, Stanford. Yeah. Kind of, except he, he didn't get a better job. He just kind of kept uh, Kingsing it up over there. Yeah. He picked but the yeah. worst player. <laughs> Oh man, that's good. And then, so yeah, the re- the whole point of this quote is that they're like Dwight and Michael are are standing outside of uh, the CEO of Dunder Mifflin's house, and they think that their branch is going to be closed. And the whole idea is Dunder Mifflin's going to you know continue on with this Stanford branch. And then the manager of Stanford, the reason why they're they're restructuring all this stuff, decides to leverage his offer for a better job at Dunder Mifflin for a better job at Staples. And so Michael and Dwight are like, we did it. We saved the branch when they didn't really save the branch. And so this Kings game is sort of like that, right? They have, uh, you know, the Mavericks weren't in control the entire game. And then the Kings just kind of choked and bottomed out and didn't really do a whole lot. Albeit Luca did step up huge in this game, but for no fault of their own, the Mavericks end up winning this game. So uh, what did you think about this game? What was your initial reaction? Were you relieved the Mavericks got their first bubble win or did you kind of, you know, were you just so frustrated the way they played? Yeah, I was definitely relieved. Um, but, you know, like you said, the, the Kings only had 13 fourth quarter points. So you, know, you definitely, you definitely have to, at a certain point when the Kings kept missing, you were realizing, oh, like maybe we're not, you know, just willing our way back into this game. The Kings are just letting the door open continually. But uh, for a while there, I, I was kind of starting to sell myself. If you look at my timeline, uh, there, there's a tweet out there uh, that I may have to delete later. But I, I mentioned that, you know, hey, look, Mavs fans, some of you guys are talking about tanking for the, you know, to get the Lakers instead of the Clippers. So I was, I was kind of talking myself into that uh, silver lining of it. But Let's be honest, if the Mavericks choked to that point where they're playing the Lakers, they wouldn't want any part of the Lakers, just like they wouldn't want any part of the Clippers. 
Oh, exactly. Where do you where do you stand on that? Do you think the Mavericks should keep trying anything they can to avoid the Clippers or try to get the Lakers or where do you stand with them in their their playoff race right now? I think they just need to keep winning as many games as possible because, like I said, if, if they were to choke to the point where they're playing the Lakers, that means that they've dropped probably two out of eight games in Orlando. And you don't want to be playing the number one seed with that kind of uh, lack of momentum going into a series like that. Yeah, oh, completely. And then taking it back to this Kings game, Luca. I mean, we talked about yesterday, but 34 points, 20 boards, 12 assists, an incredible game for him. Some great defense throughout the game, too. Uh, what did you think about Luca? and do you think this is one of the, the best games he's played as a Maverick? You know, I think we also can't overlook the turnovers. You know, Luca had a great triple-double, but he also, for a second there, looked like he was going to maybe get a quadruple-double with the turnovers thrown in. Um, but he, he definitely slowed it down uh, as the game went on and, and made the possessions count. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was – it was one of Luca's best games because not only was it um, not only was it a spectacular statistical performance because he's had plenty of those already, but it was a performance that was befitting of a, a guy you want leading your team in the playoffs where the possessions count, where the defense is tighter, uh, and he, he pulled through in those kind of situations. So that was, that was, to me, what stood out as opposed to some of his other monster games where he just puts up big numbers and it's you know a regular season game. Yeah, the difference between being like a good stats, bad team guy, we hear that, you know, term being thrown around a lot. Luca is good stats winning team, right? He he's able to take their team to a win and this was one of those situations where he was. He didn't just throw up 34 and 20 and 12 and the team lost, right? He pulled out a win for them. He helped them win even if maybe the the Kings definitely helped uh and it definitely helped the Kings didn't draft him, which is an apt point by you. So, there you go. We picked the Kings quote. It's oh my god, Scranton is closed. Scranton is not closed. Stanford is closed. We did it. We did it and then michael looks around how did we do it that's exactly what describes this billy thanks so much for joining us sure thing thanks nick all right there you go hopefully you guys enjoyed that and maybe if you guys enjoyed that enough please let me know on twitter at nick van exit at isaac l harris at locked on mavs on twitter you can check us all out there let us know if you like this episode because if you liked episodes like this where you hear from some of the listeners hear from some of you guys we do some things a little bit differently then maybe we'll do some of these in the future and maybe you could be on an episode of locked on mavs so uh please let us know tweet us and uh guys we'll be back after the clippers game and then again after the bucks game thanks so much for listening to locked on mavs peace out boom